Hello, and welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. This is Clint Edwards. Thank you for joining me today, or tonight, or this morning, or whenever it is that you're listening to this. I uh, I'm, I don't have a lot by way of listener feedback to get into on this particular episode. So I'm going to get right in to the reason that you clicked on this and wanted to to listen to it. We're going to talk about the Kennedys today. Now, I know that the Kennedys are kind of cutting in line with some of the requests that have been made for clans. Now, just in case you're one of possibly a few who have recommended that the Morrisons get a turn, stay with me. They're coming up. Promise. Um, I hope I didn't say that exact same thing in a previous episode because I don't remember everything that I've ever said in previous episodes. But I found this really cool paper on the Kennedys and I wanted to talk about it with you today. And so that's what we're going to do. And so the next episode will be on the Morrisons. I On academia.edu, there are several articles written by more than one person who's interested in this. So that's interesting also because there are a lot of clans who don't have anybody in scholarly circles that is doing any kind of serious academic work on that clan, yet the Morrisons have at least a couple. And so we'll get into that on our episode 67. I can't believe it's episode 67. Speaking of episodes really quick, quick note. This is kind of a record-breaking episode. Why is that? Because this is the first time I have done four episodes in the, the span of a month. Just within the month of June, this will be the fourth episode. Now, yes, it's it's June the evening of June 30th that I'm recording this, which means if if I'm going to make that within the month of June, I've got to publish this tonight. Or I could just say within a 30-day time period, this is the first time I've published four episodes, which would also be true. Even if I don't get around to actually putting this out tomorrow till tomorrow morning on July 1st, it will uh, it will still be the first time within 30, a 30-day 30 time span that I've put out four episodes. So trying to get some more content out for you guys. I hope you're enjoying it. And if you are, make sure you go and leave me a review on your platform that you're listening to, whether it's a, usually that's an Apple podcast platform. If you're going to do reviews, um, if you've got any other feedback you'd like to give to me, please on Podbean or Spotify or via the Facebook group, give me some feedback. So let's get in and start talking about the Kennedys. Now, here's, like I've mentioned before, this this podcast is not for just giving you a rundown of the general history of the clan. You can find any number of other sources on a quick Google search that can do, you, do that for you. What I want to do is talk about some things that the those sources, if you just go to one, whatever comes up on a quick Google search, maybe that you might not see in one of those. Now, do I check all of those before I dive into these these clan episodes? No, I don't. Um, that'd be a lot of stuff just to see what 
what I, what I did check on this particular, as it, as it pertains to the Kennedys, I did check the Wikipedia page, and we're actually going to use that page to see, okay, here's what's out there with a quick Google search. Here's what more we can learn about the Kennedys. Now, if you're not, if you don't have any tie to the Kennedys, why would you be interested in this episode? Well, one is you might just be interested generally in Scottish history. There is some things as it pertains to the Kennedys that would have impl implications for the nature of, of clans in Scotland, generally speaking. Because it's interesting in the comments and the dialogue that we've been able to get going on the Scottish clans Facebook group, we've seen... We've seen some, hey, you know, was this a clan? Was my name a clan? Were the clans? I don't know. They weren't They weren't Highlanders, but was every single Highlander part of a clan? Or did clans exist in the lowlands at all? And if they did, was were my ancestors clans? If you want to get into that question, which has actually been a recurring theme on this podcast, then this might be an interesting podcast for you too, because there's, there's some things to learn there. Also... This might be interesting if you have ancestors from the southwest of Scotland. So there's some regional interest in this. That might be another reason why this might be of interest to you. So there's like three reasons right off the top of my head why this might be interesting to you. Okay, so let's start off. So let's we're gonna we're gonna touch on two things. We're gonna talk on about first the origin of the Kennedys, and then second. We're going to talk about the nature of the Kennedys in a kin-based society, like they're, the Kennedys as a clan would be a more direct way of saying that, I think, and less boring, to be honest. So let's talk about the Kennedy origins. And here's where I think we can, we can improve. Um, I don't know if improve, because I don't know what the, that the Wikipedia, what it says here, I don't know that it's false. It just, it just really doesn't give you much. Now, let me tell you something about the Wikipedia page. I might say that the Wikipedia page is well-cited, but then you start looking and you notice that all of the citations that are frequent throughout this article are all to the same source, which is our favorite Bible of the Scottish clans, the, the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia by... George Way and Romilly Squire. Yep, every single source on the Scottish clans, most of the kind that you will see with a quick Google search, that is right in the heart of the sources that they use. Now, that's not everyone. There, there's a spectrum, I think, of Wikipedia articles on the clans. And some of them actually have a pretty decent broad base of sources, some of them contemporary, some of them scholarly. So I don't want to, to to say that there's no value there. But this particular article on the Kennedys, there's well, first of all, there's only five sources total, but they are definitely not spread evenly throughout this. The Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia is footnote number two, and that's all you see. You just take a quick look at this and it's two, 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 two. Wherever there's a citation, it's a two. Holy cow. I'm looking for exceptions right now without scrolling. And I see like two dozen 
footnotes and all of them are number two. So, you know, I think we could, I think we can add a little bit to what the Wikipedia page has got going. Hey, look, I use the heck out of Wikipedia to get a introductory knowledge of anything really, but in this case, Scottish clients. So I'm not telling you don't use it. Um, we're just going to, we're just going to improve upon what offers here. So the, it says, and for the wars of Scottish independence, the Kennedys, well, let's go back before that origins of the clan. For origins, it starts off talking about the Wotadini tribe. Yes, I did say Wotadini, not Votadini, as I lean toward the classical Latin pronunciation. I did have a couple of semesters of Latin in college, and I'm not here to claim that I pronounce everything with picture-perfect classical Latin pronunciation as an actual Roman would have done it, but I do know that there's a difference between medieval Latin and classical Latin. And the V in classical Latin generally is a W sound, what we would use as a W in English. Okay, but does that matter? The Wotadini tribe, Do we can we really connect the origin of the Kennedys clear back to the Wotadini tribe, which, you know, that's one of the tribes that was in Britain during the Roman times? Uh, I'm kind of skeptical of that one. Uh, now, it does talk about Cuneta, who was a well-known warlord of this time, maybe maybe immediately post-Roman time period. And it talks about a possible linguistic connection between Cuneta or Cuneta and Kennedy. And you know what? Linguistically, I'm not here to tell you that there's not a linguistic connection between Kineta and Kennedy. But I am here to express some doubt that his name and the surname of this kindred are have any genetic connection. Super doubtful of that. So... I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to talk about the first time that a name like Kennedy was ever used. All right. So when did the Kennedys, when, when are the Kennedys first mentioned? The Kennedys are first mentioned. We have, so let me, I'm going to quote from, now let me, let me tell you the source that I am going to use this episode, right? I always like to give you my sources. The source that I've got for you today is an article that I found on academia.edu called Survival and Success, The Kennedys of Dunur by Hector L. McQueen. Who is this Hector L. McQueen, you might ask? Well, let me read from his bio on academia.edu. Hector McQueen has been a member of the Edinburgh Law School staff since 1979, having also taken his LLB and PhD at Edinburgh. Appointed to the chair of private law in 1994, he was dean of the law school from 99 to 2003 and dean of research and deputy head of the College of Humanities and Social Science in the university 2004 to 2008. He was on leave of absence from January 2010 to September 2007. Anyway, I'm going to start quoting from his article here, but before I do, I've got to give you a little bit of context, okay? So in the mid-1100s, there is a ruler. Galloway in southwest Scotland was almost like its own kingdom. Now, the ruler of that often was not referred to as the king of Galloway. His name was Fergus, and he was styled Lord of Galloway. 
but he sure appreciated his autonomy and resented interference from the Scottish king. He had two sons, Gilbert, which may have just been a anglicized or a normanized version of Gilabrija, and his other son was Uhtred, which is a very Anglo-Saxon sounding name. It's interesting. Anyway, Gilbert and Uhtred, his sons, shared the inheritance of Fergus. When Fergus, well, actually he retired. <laughs> he may have been forced into retired into retirement at a monastery, but and then he died, I think, in 1165, 1160-something. His, his sons, Gilbert and Uhtred, take over for him afterwards, they, and they rule jointly. But then the sons of Gilbert brutally murder Uhtred. And then Uhtred has a son named, in some sources, Lachlan, in other sources, Roland. And he fights back anyway. There's some conflict there. There's a lot of conflict. I'm not going to go. There's a lot to tell about that conflict, but I think it'd be getting off too much on a tangent. Tangent. Just know that Gilbert and Uhtred are the sons of Fergus, Lord of Galloway. This, this Hiberno-Norse settlement, this Gallic-speaking, Scandinavian-infused area of southwest Scotland known as Galloway. Okay, so that's where this is all taking place, southwest Scotland. Mid-1100s, or maybe even the later 1100s, as you'll see here with this quote. It says, late, I'm quoting from McQueen's article now, later medieval chroniclers narrate that on Gilbert's own death in 1185, Roland gathered together an army with the help of the King of Scots, which was William I at this time, and engaged successfully in battle with Gilbert's followers on 4 July. Three of the followers, followers of Gilbert, are identified and said to have been slain in the battle, namely Gilpatrick, Henry Kennedy, and Samuel, who had been the ringleaders in all the fighting and warfare in the time of the aforesaid Gilbert. Unquote. Okay, so there we have, during the lifetime, so pre-1185, it has mentioned that a, a gentleman by the name of Kennedy, who had a position of power under Gilbert, was uh, mentioned. That's where, we, that's where we really see the, the Kennedys starting off. All right, now Gilbert's son, Duncan, would become known as the Earl of of Carrick, all right? So he didn't get all of Galloway, but Carrick's a pretty big chunk of it that he would inherit. So Duncan, the Earl of Carrick, now keep in mind, if you go back to the, I believe it was the, this is just right off the top of my head, so I haven't uh, checked this, but I believe it was the Clan Clusters episode I did on the Campbells. If you're new to this podcast, sometimes I do a clan cluster episode and we talk about a group of clans that are all related to each other or connected to each other. Sometimes it's through blood. Other times it's a confederation for just the advantages that grouping together will, will bring, like Clan Hatton, where some of them were related and some of them were just in it for the for the advantage. Um, I think in the episode I did on the Campbells, I was talking about the roots some of the Campbell roots go right back into this stuff right here with the earldom of Carrick. And so they're, they would be connected. Now, do we know for sure that the Kennedys are actually blood connected to the 
Earls of Carrick. It was their understanding that they were. We don't have any documentary evidence that I can think of, or that I have seen, rather. But um, they they seem to be have a very strong connection from a very early time, from the very first person, which is Duncan, styled Earl of Carrick. And it is entirely possible that they were actually related to the Earls of Carrick. Let me uh, quote from the article again. Some of these Kennedys are, des are designated as, quote, stewards, unquote, of Carrick. And this can probably be taken to mean that they held the office of Rechtira. Rechtira. Rechtara? Uh, not a Gallic speaker. So they held that office to the Earl, responsible for the management of the Earl's household and for the collection of dues and tributes owed to him by the people of the earldom. Okay, so that's the, unquote, that's the position that the Kennedys held under the Earl of Carrick. Now, keep in mind in a kin-based society that those kind of positions were often handed out to close relatives. Okay, so that would, that would be an argument for the Kennedys being blood connected to the Earls of Carrick and maybe before them the Lords of Galloway. Although, we, once again, we don't have proof of that. All right. Now, it's interesting here. We have a term come up. So I think I think we've established their early origins. Okay. And we've, we've taken them. We first found them in Galloway. And here we see them in Carrick under Duncan, Earl of Carrick. Now, they occupy... Let me... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read another paragraph here. And this gets really into the Kinbay Society. And why is this important? Well, because... Carrick's not in the Highlands, even though at this time period in Scotland it was Gaelic speaking, and it would be well up into the 1600s, but it, it's not a Highland thing right here, and it's interesting as, per, as it pertains to the question, were these kindreds in the lowlands, were they clans, or, well, they, I don't know, if, if you're going to say that these guys weren't clans, I think we get into splitting hairs, because they definitely lived in a kin-based society. So let me read this paragraph for you from McQueen. Gallic forms of lordship in Carrick are manifest in a famous grant made sometime between 1250 and 1256 by Earl Duncan's son and successor, Earl Neal, in which he provided that his nephew Lachlan and his heirs after him should be head of all his kindred, both in Columpney and in other matters pertaining to Ken Kinnall which a 1282 inventory of the royal monuments referred to an undertaking made by the king to the king by the captains and freeholders of Carrick, these captains almost certainly being also heads of their kindreds under the earl. Ken Kinnell is Gallic Ken Kinnell, meaning head of the kindred. This ancient form of lordship involved the protection of the kin by their head or captain including the deployment of peace officers, sergeants, whose accusations, calumny or surdits, and powers of arrest and summary justice brought wrongdoers to, the, to book and who were entitled to hospitality and accommodation wherever they went. Okay, so we see this term developed, kin, kin kinnel, which comes from Gallic, meaning head of the kindred. And we see that, you know, we've seen that in previous episodes where we see Canel Lorne, Canel Gabrine. We're still seeing that Canel 
word here used in a much later context than the Dalriada context that we see it with those early leaders of that kingdom. All right, so that's important for establishing this headship. This, you know, going back into quote, this certain the sergeant was the strange and tortuous, tortuous, tortuous custom, the removal of which was sought in the 1305 Parliament of Edward I by the community of Galloway, where a similar system operated. The head of kin exacted from those subject to his protection the tribute known as calp, the best or most valuable possession of the beneficiary. Perhaps uplifted by the lords Rectara, or by the Tishachdor, whom we know from later evidence to have been active in Carrick as well. So we have these very, we have these very Gaelic, very kin-based functions operating in Carrick. So that lends weight to the fact that these were no kidding clans that lived down here. They had a head; he was the kin kennel. They had the head of the kindred who had certain obligations of protection towards his kindred, and they had a reciprocal obligation of hospitality and, and uh, temporal support toward him. And that the and we see in this article that the um, that the Kennedys were put into a position where they occupied that kin kennel. Now, as I go down farther, we're going to see a little bit about the nature of the Kennedys. How did they rise to this position within Carrick? Well, later down in this article, it says that it is tempting to envisage Alexander, this Alexander Kennedy or Matt Kennedy, a prominent Kennedy that they're referring to here, says it's hard, it is tempting to envisage Alexander as a student of decrees with his subsequent career reinforcing the picture of a family of professional men rising through intellectual rather than other skills, whether in the service of secular lords, the church, or the kingdom, unquote. So yes, I guess what I want you to see about the Kennedys here is how do they originally get that position of rechara within the earls of Carrick and, and hold that position in a customary handed down from father to son type manner under the kin kennel of this carrot kindred. So the Kennedys hold that rectara, like it's like the steward of the house. They hold that position because they're educated men. And now McQueen here is backing that up with pointing out another Kennedy who has superior education and learning, and that's how he rises through the ranks in his field. Okay, so that's an interesting note about the nature of, of the how the Kennedys got to where they got. It's because they were smart. They were educated. It wasn't just that they were educated. Anybody can learn a bunch of facts, but it seems like they handled those facts well. All right, another note about a later John Kennedy. This comes from 1370. I'm just pointing out kind of highlights through the history of the Kennedys that are not given to you on the, the, the common Google responses and things that I think are, are interesting that shed light on the nature of the Kennedys as a kindred. To, to quote, the evidence about John Kennedy of Danur leaves little doubt that he was the most significant and powerful landholder in and around Carrick after 1370 and probably for some time before that as well. Skipping down farther, he was clearly the chief of what had become a prolific kindred holding land all over Carrick. 
Okay, interesting. Interesting. Do we have clans in the lowlands? Is that a thing? Well, according to this scholar, and according to this cultural context that they're operating in, I think this is looking a lot like a clan. Um, then, uh, to quote farther down, the claim to Ken Kinnell is particularly interesting because it suggests the continuing vitality at any rate in the carrot context of this kin-based form of lordship. Okay, so whereas earlier the Kennedys were serving in that position of rectara or, or steward to the Ken Kinnell of the Carrick ruling family, they come to have that this position of Ken Kinnell themselves of their own kindred and in this position of dominance within Carrick, but it's in the context of a kin-based society. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down a little bit farther now. We're going to continue to support this, and we're actually going to bring a couple of other kindreds in here. Okay, so it, what this is, what I'm about to quote it here is that John Kennedy of Danur receives an actual governmental acknowledgement as his head of his, his kindred, which is interesting that these kind of things were actually documented and these records kept by the government, who was head of what kindred. And that they would actually lend their support to one or another person within a kindred as being the head of that kindred. And if you go back to my episode, that part one of Scottish Clans for Beginners, one of those things that we look for and trying to, is this, is this a clan or is it just a aristocratic family, kind of like you'd find in England? And what we, one of those defining features is a chief of some sort. Now that might, they might use the term chief. They might use the term um, the head of the surname or there's a, there's a lot of different other names that we could use for this guy, but he's the head of the kindred, a bigger, a bigger kin base than just his wife and kids. Or, I mean, this is, it branches out more broadly than that. Okay. So this is, this is quoting, this is McQueen quoting from the, this, um, this, these records that are kept from the Scottish government. Now it's in the footnote. It's not directly from that. There's somebody else's work that wrote a paper on this he's quoting from. But anyway, this is how it goes. The style ran as follows. The king to all, etc. Knowing that we have constituted X, or this man, captain of all his kin or of a certain kin, of which by right and according to the customs used hitherto, he ought to be captain. Wherefore, we command all others who are of the said kin that they submit to this person, their captain, in everything, just as it was done according to the said laws and customs of all his kin. Isn't that interesting? That's uh, the finished quote there. That's an interesting passage um, of this, this government-recognized institution of this kin-based society, but then also their recognition of their official government recognition of somebody to be the head of that kindred. And it's interesting that you see one of the other words used for the head of the kindred in there, and that's captain, because we have certain other times where this has been used and there's some debate. Well, that means he wasn't really the chief. There's a time under with the McFarland clan where they'd been prescribed and, they'd, and kind of 
scattered and disorganized, but they had somebody within the kindred step up and they, some people question, well, was this guy really a, the chief of the clan? Because they called him captain. And it looks like as far as government official documents are concerned, that captain could very well refer to the chief or head of the kindred. Now, keep in mind, under this traditional Gallic system, this this wasn't primogeniture. This could be, it didn't have to be the chief's eldest son. This could be anybody within this close kindred of the chief. And I don't know how many generations out you were allowed to get, how many degrees of relation were before you're not eligible. But um, it didn't, it could be the chief's brother. It could be the chief's cousin, um, nephew. It did not have to be his eldest son. That was for sure the next chief. And the government would step in, according to this, and acknowledge somebody or another as that that next head of the kindred. Um, and I'm quoting from the paragraph that immediately follows that passage. It says, the existence of a style implies the need created by reasonably regular use. And we know of three such grants made by David II, appointing Donald Edgar as chief of the clan McGowan, Gilbert McClellan as chief of the clan Conan, and Michael McGorth as chief of the Kennelmen. Then the same king also made a grant to the office of Pishachjor of Carrick to one John Wallace, confirming a lack of hostility to such Gallic institutions. Why do you, unquote, why do you say that last thing there? Because some people think that the king was out to squash these, these Gallic institutions, especially, um, so David II was Robert I, Robert the Bruce's son that succeeded him as king of Scotland. And that there is this antipathy toward the Gaels. Well, first of all, I pointed out before that Robert the Bruce was probably a fluent Gallic speaker. Probably Norman French was his first language, but he came, he comes from Carrick here. The Bruces would eventually inherit the earldom of Carrick through an heiress who was coming from this Gallic cultural context. So the Bruces probably had had Gallic as, as a language that they were very familiar with. And there's Bruce a lot, Robert the Bruce a lot through his through his life, was operating with Gallic kindreds very well. And, and there, there, oh, there's so much support that he was a Gallic speaker, even if it wasn't necessarily his first language. Anyway, so we see his son, David I, openly accepting this, this system, this Gallic system of this kin-based society. Now, another thing I want to point out with that last passage, we have a guy named Donald Edgar as chief of the clan McGowan. You would look at Donald Edgar and think, oh, that's a very English-looking last name. But don't let that fool you. Um, yeah. And a guy named John Wallace. Wallace, the linguistic background from that means John John the Welshman. Because the Wallace ancestors, whenever that surname first began to be used, were probably Britons of Strathclyde who spoke a language similar to what would become Welsh. And... That was uh, that was something that people who weren't who were from the outside, especially Germanic old old English speakers, would use a word uh, that was related to or sounded like Wallace. Also, that's where we get the name Wales to mean foreigners, other people, right? Okay, so John Wallace, who lacks a Gallic name, first or last name, is recognized by the king as the Taishakjor of um, of Carrick, 
interesting, these, these Gallic positions in a Gallic kin-based society being given to people who, at first glance, don't have Gallic names and don't let that fool you necessarily. Um, it talks about the, the feud that erupts between the Kennedys of Cassillis and the Kennedys of Bargany. And it said the headship of the kindred of the Kennedys lay at the very heart of the feud. The headship of the kindred of the Kennedys. So we see this. All right, and I'm going to actually start wrapping it up now. There's a lot more in this, so I'm going to post a link to this um, to this article. I'm going to post the academia.edu link in the Scottish Clans Facebook group. But I think we've I've shared enough from a scholarly source to point out some really interesting things about the Kennedys as a kindred, where they come from, what they were, how they rose to power, and also their part in demonstrating how alive the kin-based society was in southwest Scotland and and maybe help with this question of, I don't know, they weren't Highlanders. Were they a clan? Did they get to be a clan? Well, clan's a Gallic word, which actually was spoken by the Kennedys. And even if it wasn't, I think we'd be splitting hairs because what we're seeing here looks a lot like a clan. All right, so... Um, that's look at that. That's right at about a half hour. I'm doing pretty good there. Originally, I was thinking I'd always do episodes that are really close to a half hour, but lately I've gone way past that. So hopefully I shared some things with you that were interesting on a Scottish history level, on a level of Scottish clans generally and understanding how those clans worked throughout Scotland and different regions of Scotland. And also, if you had a very specific interest in the Kennedys for some reason or another, I hope that this has been good for you. Um, once again, we hope to add. I, I don't mean to disparage, like I, I told you, I use Wikipedia all the time to get an introductory knowledge of something. Um, but I hope that we've provided, or provided a little depth for your understanding of this kindred today. Um, like I said, if you look through the wikipedia article here this is one thing that that actually led me during my work on my master's thesis to wonder about like were these were these guys actually clans because this wikipedia article is perfect to display this point it really just totally gets into talking about the the ex, only the exact line of the of the heads here it talks about Gilbert was created Lord Kennedy, and he was the regent, and then James Kennedy, brother. The, anyways, it's talking about this one family, this really narrow scope of relations. It doesn't really talk about the kindred very much. And then so you start to wonder, was there really a kindred going on here? Was this a clan thing, or was it just this arist aristocratic family? And if all you had to go on was this Wikipedia article or its favorite source, the Collins um Scottish clan and family encyclopedia, if that's all you had to go on, you'd be really wondering here. So I hopefully, hopefully that uh, bringing that scholarly article into this was helpful to understand the cultural or social aspect of the history of the Kennedys. Thank you for sticking with me throughout this. Appreciate it. I hope you have, a, if you're listening to this in the United States of America, I hope you have a wonderful Independence Day weekend, and I hope that, well, it's a pretty controversial thing right now, 
to get into that. And I, I've made a pretty concerted effort not to use this podcast as a political platform, but I'm a big fan of freedom. And I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. And if you're not in the U.S. and it's not your celebrating your Independence Day, I still hope you have a wonderful weekend, one way or the other. Uh, even if you hate the founding fathers of the United States of America, I don't hate you. And we can have a difference of opinion. And I still hope you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Whatever part of the world you're listening to this in and whatever your political leanings are, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for joining me. Go ahead and share this podcast with somebody you think that would like it. And go ahead and leave me a rating or a review or chime in to the Facebook group or however you want to do it. Love to hear from you. And until the next episode, which I did promise you is going to be on the Morrisons, Martian Leib and Rasta. <laughs>